0: just finding different, different people in different parts of the country, different parts of the world that you can form these relationships with and be genuine about it. It's not just commenting like a couple hearts on somebody's photo. It's like, no, this person seems really cool. I kind of want to get to know them and cultivate this community. So, and I, I think that's what's so cool about even micro influencers. Now, no matter how big or small you are, you can have a really strong community. And I think that's something that you do really well. But it's true like it doesn't matter what size you are you can have this insanely like strong loyal community of your friends
1: Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Fichels, and this is another mini Monday episode coming at you. It's one that's full of actionable advice and discussion on all things Instagram strategy, so stay tuned for that. But before we dive into all the fun stuff, I wanted to just give a little bit of a life update as I like to do on these Monday episodes. So first off, How in the actual hell is it already the last Monday of May? (laughs) Time is going by way too fast, and I'm not sure how to feel about that. I mean, yay. Closer to freedom, hopefully, from the entire Corona scare 2020. But also, not sure, you know, I'm ready for all the change and big things to come quite yet. I guess I'm 50-50 on that side of things. Uh, You know, and on a similar note, the reason I was really thinking about that is things are starting to open up again around here, and that just feels all sorts of odd but good. Uh, You know, and typically in the old normal of life, I suppose, I'd be working three, four (laughs) part-time jobs right now, which, you know, may sound odd to some of you, and you might question why I would choose that over a normal career or college, but as of now, I'd rather work those multiple jobs that bring me some money, some joy, but more so the freedom to work however I want on my side projects. So that's a little side rant. But, anyways, so in normal time, I'd be working all those jobs right now, but obviously I haven't been. And so it's been weird to not be working outside of my own projects. However, this past weekend, um, like May, the weekend of May 16th, 17th, my one seasonal job started up again. And it's my favorite, so that's a plus. But anyway, it's this seasonal like spring, summer, fall job at a local drive-in movie theater that's run by the family of like a childhood friend of mine. So it is just the most upbeat, uplifting, fun environment. And honestly, it just feels sometimes like You're in a movie because it's this old retro drive in movie theater. You know, I work in the concession, so we're back there, you know, making milkshakes and burgers and fried food, and it's just so fun. And I feel like some of you guys probably can't even imagine me working in a situation like that, but um, just because, you know, you know me as Emily, podcaster, Instagram, health, wellness guru, whatever it is, but uh, yeah, no, I work normal jobs just like a lot of you, and okay, maybe they're not too normal, but I work, uh, just the same, and it's just fun, so that was neat because it was a bit of normal in this time of utter chaos. Uh, mind you, we still had to wear masks, and we had, like, safety screens up. It was far from normal, but it was as normal as things have been in a long time, so. But so that was fun, and I guess that was probably, like, my highlight to share with you all. And, you know, I just wanted to, try to kind of open up that conversation of, you know, how are you guys doing? How are you handling? I know I always say you can reach out to me on Instagram, but I hope you know I truly mean that. Like, let's have a little conversation. Let's chat a bit. I'm on there at Emily Feigl's. I'm trying to set up this like text system So it wouldn't actually be my number, but it would be a number that you guys could text with suggestions or maybe you just want to chat a bit about something that resonated with you. However, I'm still waiting to get cleared. I don't know. We'll see if they allow me to use their system. But in the meantime, my DMs are always open. I think I'm pretty good at getting back to them on time, so you can find me there. But enough of that humbo jumbo fun rambling, let's get into the, you know, root of this episode, which is with a throwback guest, Return, and a dear, dear friend of mine, Jordan, from Dancing for Donuts. And we've been friends for quite some time now, since my OG days on Instagram, and it's about time that she's back, because she's just such a wealth of knowledge and inspiration and, She just makes my heart happy. So while her last episode covered the story of her life, per se, you know, with professional dancing and hand modeling, which was such a fun conversation, uh, plus, you know, some of the business shifts she's made, this one's a bit more specialized and a bit more skills focused. So Jordan runs DFD Creative, which, you know, as far as my understanding goes, is the means of a social media marketing content creation business and she's just like a boss babe at it so she really shares everything about it you know about what she does in this episode so it's coming from her experience as both a content creator herself but also working behind the scenes with these brands that you know come to her or people that come to her for her business of dfd creative so dual outlook here. I love it. And when I listen back through to these episodes, I always take notes of what to highlight and just really summarize the episode as just, you know, as what we discuss. And I realized as we were listening that there were five basic tips for improving your Instagram or just Instagram strategy in general. And thankfully, you know, without even intending to, we Touched on these five topics, and they're all actionable and reasonable steps that anyone can take to up level your content, your sharing strategy, just to create a bit more out of your Instagram. And my favorite part, personally, was probably when we discussed better captions and authentic engagement. But I'm curious to hear what you think. You know, what tip really resonated with you? What was something? You maybe weren't doing before and this episode enlightened you on, we want to know. So tag us if you listen and please let us know what you thought of it. Jordan is on Instagram at dancing for donuts. That's dancing period for period donuts. And I'm on there at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. And for a quick, very quick, I promise, review of the week, this one is from Fired Up. I'm so happy I found this podcast. I swear I fall in love with every guest Emily interviews and now fangirl them all on Instagram. I love that. Uh, But really, the conversations are so authentic and enriching. They always leave me refreshed, inspired, and a little more wise. That is so kind, and I so feel you. Whenever I listen to someone on a podcast, uh, I'm most likely becoming a fangirl of them too, so I love that little part. Uh, But that was so kind, and I just appreciate these reviews and even when you just DM me or tag us in your stories because they're just little moments that connect us all you know they show me what you're liking with the show they kind of show me a bit more about who you are you know like in branding we all hear about creating that avatar of who your ideal client or listener or audience is and I've always kind of struggled to do that but the more of these reviews I read and the more time you know more of the occasions i chat with you all on instagram i just i don't know i have this like feeling of who you guys are and what you like and because of that i've been able to like really fine tune the podcast a bit so just know that it helps uh it makes me smile and i just appreciate it and you so much Uh, and if you'd like to support the show show your support head to apple Podcasts, you can subscribe which is such a wonderful thing for you to do and then if you're feeling extra you can always leave a rate and review which I just love I read through them all they make me smile and I just really appreciate it so thank you as always just for listening and without further ado let's begin is it weird for you coming from because you were in you know kind of like would it be like professional dance I mean you were Pretty in that field. How does it feel to then like go to a dance studio or do it on your own? Does it? I don't know. Like, what's the comparison
0: there? So okay. So I was I was trying to do these Instagram TV dance along videos because I got really back into dance this year because I, I danced professionally for five years and I danced my whole life, but then I kind of stopped when I started working and. I got back into it this year and I was going to classes at one of the really good studios here that, you know, I would go to when I was in the game um, and was too intimidated to go back to for a while. But I started going again and I loved it so much. And then I traveled in February and came back and this all happened. So I was like, how do I dance at home? It's really hard to dance at home. Of all the workouts you can do at home, dance is not one of them. (laughs) Like I could, kick my dresser and like smack into my window at the same time. So I was like, okay, I can do these sort of dance-along three-minute videos to to music that people know and just put them on IGTV. But then the copyright laws were so frustrating with the music. And I have one up there, like if anybody wants to do one, there's one up there. But I spent so many hours doing the second one and then it got taken down and I was frustrated. So anyway, I I guess from my perspective some of these dance cardio workout videos are not as fun to me because they're mostly just jumping up and down. And it is fun. It's super like it's super fun and I still do them. I love Dance Body is one of uh, the online platforms I use and it's it's fun but it's not dancing to me. So I ended up turning to TikTok and I've been doing a lot of TikTok dances which are also not real dances. But it's as close as I can get to it um just because it's that's like the most fun way to move your body is to just dance around to your favorite music you know so
1: yeah I definitely agree where dancing at home is I mean I started a couple of the dance body videos and I'd be like halfway through and I'm like I cannot do anymore my feet hurt my calves hurt like this is too much like jumping and Just like it's so fast paced, it's not for me. But um yeah, like my favorite ones have been, I don't know, just randomly breaking out. Like the other day I was finishing up a Rachel's Good Eats workout, and all of a sudden the one song by Dua Lipa came on and I just like dead ass start dancing on my yoga mat. And I I I realized like the song ended, and I'm like, oh wow, there's my three minute little cardio burst right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I did this yoga class on Tuesday and it started out with a three minute dance party on your yoga mat to Shania Twain. And I was like, this is so fun. And I, I don't know, you couldn't see anybody else on the workout. So I didn't know if anybody else was as into it as I was, but the teacher was like living and I was just in my room giving it my all. It was so fun. So even if you could just do one song a day, I swear it's such a mood booster.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. It It's magic. It does something to you. So Um, Yeah. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you were in professional dance. And so now you're like, I don't know, to me, you're just like, I come to you with all my questions about Instagram and content creation. And I just view you as this like guru of it. So how did you transition from professional dancing? I know you've done some other things in there, but to get to this point of content creation and Instagram and really like market strategy
0: too in the field. Um, First of all, thank you. (laughs) I'm so glad that you asked, like ask me anything, anytime anyone can. But um, I kind of just fell into this, to be honest. Um, Back when I was dancing, Instagram was becoming a thing for your portfolio. So when you're modeling or, you know, I would have to self submit any kind of images of myself to be cast at auditions. Um, it was important to have an Instagram profile and now it's even more important. Like sometimes you can't even go to auditions if you don't have X amount of followers, which is I, I, unfathomable to me, but it's a thing. And that was kind of how I started on Instagram, but I, I'd had my blog when I moved out to LA from New York. I've had it for almost nine years now and my Instagram was not my blog. Like again, it was more just my portfolio and and photos of fun things. I didn't care that much. Um, I just posted what I liked. And then I started when I went into working in corporate after graduating from business school in 2016, I had more time on my hands. I know that sounds super weird to go to nine to five and have more time, but I did. And I decided to put a little bit more effort into making my Instagram match my blog. So my Instagram handle used to be Drinks, which is my nickname. And I decided to change it to Dancing for Donuts, my blog name, and kind of focus less on this modeling, maybe bikini picture, whatever, stuff into food and wellness. Um, And from there, it just kind of I don't know. I connected with other people that were interested in the same things as me and then started meeting friends through it and seeing what other people were doing and just, I don't know, I, I really fell into it. I didn't do it on purpose. Um, I didn't expect anything. I, I guess I knew that people could be quote influencers or bloggers, whatever, as a living or make any money from it, but I didn't necessarily put that expectation or pressure on myself. So it's been a weird journey. And every day I'm like, what is going on? Like sometimes I'll, you know, if we get a package in the mail or something and I get nut butter, I'm like, this is the best day. I just got a package of nut butter. Oh my God. You know, it's just, it's just like a fun thing. And I I think, you know, you can go into everything, but I think the most important thing is just to have fun with it.
1: Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. Once you start if you let yourself get dragged into like the numbers game too much and all the sort of, I don't know, aesthetics of it, you know, if, if you go down it too far, that's when the comparison trap really like rears up and uh, you can just really get down on yourself too. So definitely. exactly, Yeah. Have fun with it. Uh, and I, that's why I love like you always share. Your stories are always so fun. I mean, everything about you, you're just like a fun, bright ray of sunshine um but you know how much I love you so (laughs) the feeling is mutual (laughs) thank you let's just break down some of this like strategy side of things that you're so good at and you have dfd creative your own business so let's break that down I suppose like could you start out by explaining how you would describe having an Instagram strategy or how someone could go about starting one I suppose
0: Yeah. So this is actually something I do with my business too. With DFD Creative, I mostly do social media for brands, but I also work with individuals. And I kind of start with like just a quick rundown. Like the first thing I would say to somebody is, what are four things you're really passionate about? And I call them content buckets. I don't know why I call them that, but it's like, for me, I would say my four things are like I share a lot of food. I go in and out. I I don't, there's no perfect formula, but my buckets are like food. I would say, um, travel, um, I guess like photos of me, but also more positive messaging. It's not just like, hi, it's me. Um, and then maybe like just really personal, like lifestyle stuff. Maybe it's more of a fashion or green beauty. I love sharing stuff about green beauty or sustainability or, like my dog, you know, my family at home, all that stuff. So those are sort of the four things that I like to share. So I, I ask people to think about what they love. Maybe it's, maybe it's more clothing and jewelry, or maybe it's like home decor and whatever, but having more than just one thing, I know it's important to like niche down, but it's also good to have different facets of your personality shine through. So I think that's super important. And then it's really, about community and I know a lot of people say that and if you read articles about growth on Instagram it's always like community community but at the end of the day that really just means engaging with others and it's following people and engaging with them but also finding other people that are interested in what you're interested in like I don't even I think we met through a mutual friend but that mutual friend like I think I met her because we both love chocolate you know, it's like just finding different, different people in different parts of the country, different parts of the world that you can form these relationships with and be genuine about it. It's not just commenting like a couple hearts on somebody's photo. It's like, no, this person seems really cool. I kind of want to get to know them and cultivate this community. So, and I, I think that's, what's so cool about even micro influencers now, no matter how big or small you are, you can have a really strong community. And I think that's something that you do really well. Like, and you're not so small. Like you're, I mean, I'm so impressed and proud and just all these things with what you share, really. Um, I think about it every day when I see your post, I'm like, oh my God, this girl is blowing me away. But But it's true. Like, it doesn't matter what size you are. You can have this insanely like strong, loyal community of your friends, you know? But-
1: Yeah, no, and I think that is very true where, you know, when it comes down to it, so going back to the beginning, what you were saying about like niching down and all that, that's something that, I mean, I think it is so unique because some people, they have that like one thing about them and they could just talk about it, create content for it all day long and that's what they do and that's what they're good at. But others like you and like me, I feel too, there are so many different aspects about us that it just feels so much more natural to naturally include those. And so I think that's something too, that's like important to realize, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like there is a lot of messaging to like really find your th- one thing, but maybe that's not always the case. And like when it comes to the community, I'm right there with you where like, I do have a small, like rather small, like follow- following, but I'm very intentional with like trying to build community So I I feel like I have a little mini army behind me sometimes. (laughs) Like I just love so many of you and you guys like are just so supportive. So I think it really does go to show that no matter you're following the number of, would you say like engaged followers matters more than just some abstract number that, you know, says you're either a big account or small account.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, the numbers as much as I don't like to get too obsessive about them, like we said earlier, yeah, the engagement part is is the most important. I mean, if you want to work with brands or you want to do whatever, it's like that's what they're looking at, especially because I, I still haven't gotten my likes taken away, but I some of the accounts I manage have, it's really weird. I don't know who, why, why they decided certain people should have likes and others shouldn't. But either way, engagement is definitely the most important. And it's also, you know, thinking about your one thing that you're good at, I know with food, sometimes like I'll post a food photo and it gets more likes than a photo. I really love that isn't a food, but, and I swear all the, but it's all these comments that are just yum. They're one word. Yum. They're one heart, one drooling emoji. It's like, that's actually not the engagement you're looking for. And it doesn't supposedly Instagram doesn't even count comments as engagement unless there's three words or more. So Yes, you could have all these likes and all these comments on your food porn picture, but it's not necessarily the kind of engagement that is sustainable, like long-term, real community building, in my opinion. Um, Not to say that food photos, like, don't get that engagement, because they definitely do, but I've just noticed that on those, or even if you post a photo of yourself, but you meaning me, (laughs) sometimes I'll post a photo of myself and it's just like, beautiful, one word, but you know, if you're, if you're trying to really grow or engage with others and build that community again, no matter what size, it's like, instead of just saying beautiful to someone or love it, try, you know, read five words in their caption. If you can't read the whole thing, just scan it and find something to actually like comment on and relate to them on, you know, I think that goes a a lot farther than just an emoji sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know I personally won't even respond to One word or emoji things because I'm like, okay, yeah, no. Um, (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And I think that's, I mean, something I just really admire about you and appreciate about you is that not only are you always leaving a super thoughtful or just engaged comment on my stuff, but when I'm commenting on other people, you know, mutual friends' stuff, and I see your comments, you're doing it with everyone and it's truly inspiring. And I remember when I first, you know, when we first connected. I just really remember like your comments sticking out in my mind of like, that's impressive. And it really showed me, you know, something that I myself had wanted to improve on in the beginning. And since then, I just always try to, yeah, like you said, if you can't read the entire caption, um, just try to find something that sticks out to you or like a little bit of conversation you can create out of it and have it be more than one, two words, or just a couple emojis. Just I don't know if you want people to spend that time on your content, I think you have to dedicate that time to others. It's like the equal energy exchange in my eyes.
0: No, it's so true. And I think you're also someone that leaves thoughtful comments. Like I can name, you know, a handful of people that really just take the time and it doesn't have to be so much time. Like everybody's busy, you know, no one, I don't think wants to spend all day staring at their phone. There has to be a balance, but if you can leave some of those comments and, like people will return the favor, I find. You know, the more you do it, the more consistent you are. Not everybody, but a lot of people will be like, who is this girl? She's so nice or "Or that was such a kind thing to say or it made me feel better. Let me go check her out. And maybe they don't follow you or whatever, but maybe they leave a thoughtful comment back and it makes you smile or something. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. And you're you're
1: you nailed it where you said it it does draw attention. You know, people's eyes are drawn to comments that are more than the typical yum, this is, you know. (laughs) Um, But when it does come to captions, would you say, like, what would you say is something you really look for or you strive to include in your captions? And obviously, you know, a caption with food is much different than a lifestyle caption. But overall, like, is there something you always try to
0: include or do or exude through your words? Yeah. So I think the age old trick is to ask a question of some sort, Um, which I used to do a lot more of. But I think if you can train your audience to read your captions, you don't even have to ask a question. You just have to, like, talk about you personally for people to say something. So yesterday I posted a photo a travel photo, really old travel photo, because you girls running out of photos to share. I'm like, I don't have anything else. Um, but I wrote something about what was making me smile, and it, I've said something about watching friends I love friends, it's my favorite show, or like thinking about like memories of old trips or something like that, whatever. And I thought about at the end, I was like, Should I say what's making you smile today? And then I was like, No, I don't need to say that because if you, if people read it, which I wouldn't expect everyone to anyway, but if they did, I think they would automatically say, Oh my gosh, same here. Or, um, you know, Oh, I've been doing this and that's been helping me or whatever. You don't even have to explicitly ask, but I do think having, I think it's important to have something that is personal in every caption if you can. Um, If you're having a hard time coming up with something, a quote's great. I started my post yesterday with a quote because I just wanted, you know, something to kick it off. Um, I think it's good to mix up your captions. Sometimes long, really intense ones are great. And other days you might want to be a little bit more lighthearted. Food's a good place to do that. You can do either, you know. You can, with food, you could have your brownie and talk about something really important to you. Or you could talk about your brownie and be like, it's Friday, heck yeah, I'm gonna rest and chill on this snowy day, right? So you could do both. Um, In general too, I think what's good is to have multiple elements in your content for people to comment on. So if you do have a food photo, your caption, I would think should be more than just the recipe right? Have that personal element or something about your day or your weekend or whatever. And then, the and then the recipe, or if it's a lifestyle post, um, you know, having multiple elements of something in the photo, like maybe somebody could comment on your outfit, your background. Um, I don't know, your, your hair, your something and your plants, whatever your mug that you're holding. And then in the caption have something else that people can connect to. So that's kind of my thing. Even when I share food, I try to have an accessory on my wrist. I know that is so crazy, but I try to have a scrunchie or bracelet, or if I'm holding up food somewhere, I like to have something in the background. Um, because literally like people, even if they don't have time to read your caption, they can say, or they're not into food. I have followers that probably aren't even into food, but they're following me because they're friends or something. And they could, they could comment on my bracelet or comment on my hat, or poster in the background. Um, and there are just so many opportunities for somebody to say something.
1: Oh, I really love that. I hadn't (laughs) considered that idea too, but I think it is like what you were saying a hundred percent to all of it. And yeah, I mean, on your post yesterday, when you did that, you know, you didn't even ask the question, what makes you smile? But I remember I commented what had made me smile yesterday. (laughs) And so it is very true where it gets to a point where you're you know, key parts of your audience, just, they know you, they know, you know, like kind of your style. Um, or, you know, what you mentioned too, is this idea of when people do get to know you, it's kind of like you in insert those key characteristics about yourself. So like me, anytime I post something about chocolate, like I just, I get a ton of calm, you know, like there's just people that relate to me with the love for chocolate. I mean, I had someone today you know, a friend of mine say how they always are inspired to eat chocolate when they see my feed. And I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) Like if I can influence anything, that's what I want it to be. Um, Or, you know, if I bring up cats or, you know, travel or something dropping out of college, like things that you're known for too, are another like great way I feel to pull in like the OG followers or get interest from new ones too. So that's amazing though.
0: Yeah. And you, again, you do it well. It's like, I I think people just want to get to know other people. That's why people love YouTubers. I love YouTube. I have referred to people I watch on YouTube as my friends. I've never ever in my life met or seen them. And I'll be like, oh, my friend, whatever. It's like, no, but I feel like I know them because they are sharing things with me. And it's definitely harder to do that on Instagram than a vlog on YouTube, but you can still do it. And it's something that I'm actually working on too. I know I don't really show up for my audience that much on Instagram stories, to be honest. And part of it is because I don't always feel like I have anything to say. Part of it is sometimes I don't feel good about the way I look or like, you know, stuff like that. But I find that the people who talk to the camera, like they're talking to their friends or talking to their audience. That's how people get to know who's behind those squares. That's what's cool about Instagram stories, because you actually can go a little bit more casual and candid and personal. Um, But even if you're not doing stories too, like in the captions and in your photos, you can definitely bring your personality into it.
1: Are there any tips you do have for stories though? Just things that you've found to really get people engaged, get people, you know, DMing, messaging with you, uh, just ways to drive, you know, engagement in that sense. So I find
0: that the stories that I post that get the most responses are DMs are the ones where I'm literally just being myself. I'm being silly. I'm sharing something ridiculous. I'm sharing something me and my boyfriend are doing that maybe is relatable to other couples or like, I don't know, stuff like that. Um, I don't, this is not advice or anything, but I personally don't share unboxings on my stories. Um, I, I like to share myself using the product. Um, I share unboxings once in a while if it's something I'm just like blown away by, but then I feel like, oh, well, if I post that, I should post to others and I'm doing a disservice to other companies. So I try to just keep it pretty chill. I know that a lot of bloggers promote a lot of products on their stories, like big, big time bloggers, you know, like girls with hundreds of thousands of followers talking about stuff and they have affiliate links, swipe ups, and maybe that's how they make money. But I, I try to keep it to no more than two product posts a day with codes and swipe ups. Just, I don't want to be that like salesy sometimes. And I think, I guess one of the things I do try to do is share at least five stories a day. I think people can share too many. Sometimes I think if you click into somebody's story and it's like 30 teeny tiny dots at the top. I personally like, I can't do this right now. (laughs) So I I can't watch them. But if you have, you know, maybe like five to 10 interesting stories, just giving people, it doesn't have to be that interesting. It's just a, a peek into your life, a peek into your day authentically, what's going on. Um, nothing too fancy, nothing too, um, perfect. It's just real. I think that's what people really like to see. And you can do, you know, polls and questions and all that stuff too. But, you know, I think, I think it really is just about showing up as yourself. And I will say my, I do have one piece of advice is to show your face at least once every day. Um, for me, I don't necessarily talk to the camera every day, but if I do like a mirror selfie or, um, a boomerang of my face, or I'm trying to be funnier. I, I really, my favorite thing, like the best compliment I could receive is people telling me I'm funny. So sometimes I'll do like a close up of my face looking ridiculous, and I hope that people find that funny. You know what I mean? Just something like that. Because again, people want to see who's behind the squares.
1: And especially if you have someone that just found you that day. I know if I'm going to follow somebody, you know, I find them, their feed looks interesting. The- number one thing I do before I follow them or right after I do is I go to their stories because I want to get like a glimpse into how they react, how they talk to, you know, we, the people. Uh, (laughs) So I, I agree with you. Like it's important to show up. And like you said, it doesn't have to be like you're sitting there talking to the camera, but even, you know, a picture of you and your pet or you're holding your mug up to your face, whatever it is, it just gives people an inside look at who you are, you know, as a person besides just an Instagram account
0: on the internet. So (laughs) yeah, totally. Exactly. And I think too, if you are someone that only shares one thing, if you have, if you have a much stronger niche than I do, uh, and you just, you just share food or you just share clothes or you just share beauty products, your stories is where you can share the other stuff.
1: Yeah. And also something that I really love is, you know, I have a friend who she's, pretty much purely like food blogging and photography she's amazing and she doesn't you know at least once a day she shows her face on the stories for some reason or another but you know she doesn't share too much lifestyle stuff because her focus is on food but what she does every day is shares like behind the scenes so if she's photog you know if she's doing photography if she's baking recipe development whatever she shows like the behind the scenes and I love her stories because to me, they're a bit more like educational or inspiring in that sense. Whereas, you know, people like you and a couple other friends, it's just, there's so much more to it. And it is more of like a lifestyle based, a little bit of everything. And those are like the more fun ones for me to follow and watch. So um, true, like it does kind of depend on what your overall content goal is too.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love the behind the scenes stuff. I think that's so cool. Um, Not to bring it back to tech, Sorry, but I've been I getting stuck a lot of I've been getting started. Well, you know, uh Jerobine, hasn't she's been on this podcast. Yes. I actually like didn't really know who she was. Um, I'm embarrassed by that, but I follow her on TikTok and she shares the most informative, helpful things about TikTok too, but a lot of like Instagram stuff. And it's seriously so interesting. I watch her stuff like with full attention. Um, And I think that's really cool. So yeah, it's, you know, you could share whatever you feel called to share. It doesn't have to be like somebody else. Um, It could just be what you, you feel like sharing, you know?
1: Yeah. Like identify what you are here to serve and share for and let others do their thing. Exactly. um, Yeah. So then I did want to touch a bit. So, you know, before we mentioned, we obviously, you don't want to get sucked into the numbers game, especially if you struggle with you know, comparison, uh, which I personally do. So, you know, when it comes to Instagram analytics, though, sometimes they can be very useful and especially for someone, you know, in the business as you are. So how would you kind of give like a breakdown of analytics and just maybe, you know, like a beginner's guide to how they work or how to understand them so that we can, you know, kind of judge what we're doing right or what we could improve if that's something we're looking for.
0: Definitely, um, I think engagement, as we said, is number one, so and that's not just likes. I think it's so important to have the comments there too, especially because some people might not even see the likes. the comments I feel like are such a good indicator um and then you can look in your your post insights if you're just looking at post insights, shares is also super help- super helpful, and the algorithm really counts shares so I'm sorry, shares and saves. I meant to say saves. (laughs) Um, And those are great to see what people are really resonating with. Um, But if you're going into your backend analytics, so if you go into your profile and then insights, that one, um, I think knowing what percentage of your audience is male and female is also super important. Um, I feel like now I cater to a mostly feminine audience. Um, but I still have a lot of male followers just because they're friends and people from before, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's still important for me not to, I don't want to swing one way to the other or the, you know, whatever. And time of day, I think is an interesting one. I was actually talking to one of my clients about this time of day. I feel like is one insight to not take too seriously because that fluctuates every week. I think what you'd be better off doing is looking at um, just from your own eyes, what is performing best when? Um, and I know I feel like in our space, like everybody shares food photos in the morning. Like yeah. <laughs> ever, I wake up in California, we're three hours behind these those. and it's like, oh my god! From seven thirty to eight thirty, I'm like just on there trying to catch up, you know. But I actually, because of that, you can either share in the morning too, or sometimes some of my best photos are shared more in the afternoon. And I know it's also weird because we're in quarantine, so people's schedules are different and that matters. But, you know, the algorithm will pick up what it wants to pick up regardless of time. So I think that that's one insight that you don't have to look so seriously at. Um, what else? Cities. Cities is good to know if you see who's where people are located because, like, I talk about LA stuff a lot, but I also, I'm from New York. I like to, I like, I have friends, I've been to states all over, so I don't want to share too much LA content, right? But maybe if your audience is only in LA and that's your thing, or if you're only in New York, like do more of that, you know? Um, and then if you can look at content and you can see your best performing posts and you can filter it by engagement, reach, all that stuff. I mean, I'll be honest I don't know if there's a total rhyme or reason of things. I shared a very, what I thought was a very cute photo of my family on Monday. And it did, it was like one of the worst performing posts I've had in two weeks. And I was like, you guys. And yet my toast, which was not great, by the way, my toast did better than this photo of my family. I'm just like, I don't know. So there, there are definitely insights that are worth looking at and numbers that can be really important, especially if you're doing any kind of branded work paid partnerships or unpaid partnerships. But at the same time, like that's when it's not going to get sucked in because you don't know what's going to do great. Like you could be completely off and, you know, something that did great one day at one time could be the opposite the next day at the same time. Um, and, and I do think that At the end of the day, you just have to share what makes you happy because that way, when the numbers are crazy and make no sense, you're like, at least I really, I really like this. You know, I still like the photo I shared on Monday, even though no one else did.
1: (laughs) No, I so agree because what happens then is that you get very excited, right? Like I had this killer Reese's brownie recipe. I just posted the other day and I was obsessed with it. I mean, like the photo made me weak in the knees because it was just so like, I could picture, I could taste it when I saw the picture. But like I posted it and it did, I'd say, average. And I just so happened to be having a bad day. So when I attached my like expectations of, this is gonna be an amazing post, and then it just did kind of average, like then it affected me. Whereas like the next day, I just posted this picture that I thought was good. I didn't really attach myself to it, put it up, started working. And it did amazing. And it just goes to show that, yeah, like there sometimes is no rhyme or reason. And if you really attach a feeling to like the numbers or the post, whatever it is, I don't know. You can either be, you know, happy by it or very saddened. And so, yeah, like if it makes you happy to post, just post it. And I don't know, I'm trying to learn not to expect a certain response. Uh even if the brownies do look amazing to me.
0: So, (laughs) yeah. And I, I, I thought they looked incredible. I'm pretty sure I looked (laughs) at that recipe again last night because I want to bake this weekend. Um, but I, I think a lot of it comes down to, and I'm so guilty of this, especially lately. Um, I'm just looking for validation and it's like, dude, no, like stop. I don't know why I need somebody to tell me that my toast looks good. Like, why do I care? Why do I need that validation today? Maybe it's a bad day or something. And you just, you know, you want something to cheer you up and it's great if it does, but if it doesn't, like you don't need that anyway, you, you can find it somewhere else and find those happy like moments somewhere else. It doesn't have to be from outside sources, you know?
1: Do you think it's because we don't have a boss telling us like, good job, you got your assignment done on time, or, you know, like we don't have anything, we're really, we're not working towards a promotion. I mean, we're just, it's like an endless hamster wheel of let's create, create, grind out more. Do you think that's why we try to seek out like a you win validation you know this is your prize because you know tying that to our posts
0: oh a hundred percent i think it's that and just this comparison because there's so much content out there that we really just want to make sure we're standing out that our hard work pays off like you said because no one else is going to say it um it's a really good point but at the end of the day it's like what why do we need that you know um and I do think, cause I work on this from both sides, right? For on the brand side, looking for influencers or being on the other side, creating the content. Like I think brands care more about when they can really see a your personality, be a high quality photo, see the engagement, the comments, whatever, like they care about that more than just some likes, um, I was actually thinking, just going back to what you said before about insights. Um, a trend that I've noticed, and not just from looking at numbers on the back end of Instagram, but I found that people don't like my professional photos as much, and which is hard for me because I love taking them. Just like it reminds me of my like pasts, you know, being on set or something. I just, I love working with a photographer. It also makes my life easier as a blogger. You know, I'm happy to pay for a service because I need a great photo of this brand's whatever, but I have really noticed my professional photos do not do as well. Um, so I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, I found that when I post a professional photo and it doesn't do well, and I'm looking for validation that I get so bummed you know,
1: especially if it's something you have paid for or worked for, like, especially hard. And I I feel you because, uh, especially like when it comes to a brand, it can be hard sometimes to like integrate them into a picture and a caption while also remaining, like, unless you're really invested in the brand, you know, you really love it or you have a real good story with it. That can be very hard. And it's so crazy because I mean, you take a picture with the product and it can do average, at least for me. And then I put it next to like a pretty plate of food and, you know, it does amazing because I don't know, it just like draws a different type of attention. But, uh, yeah, no, that is interesting though. that Like the professional photos don't gather as much, but.
0: Yeah. I think maybe again, it goes back to just the fact that it's not as real for me. There are plenty of bloggers that only share professional photos and they are awesome. And they're, you know, killing it. And that's their thing. But I feel like maybe for me, people aren't following me for that kind of stuff They're They just want to see more real, less perfect, less, you know, edited or something. I don't know. Yeah. The internet's I, a funny place.
1: It's a very funny place. Very <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, last thing I'll ask you about Instagram is just, you know, when it does come to brand partnerships and just kind of getting into that field of things Uh, what would be like your top advice? I know that's a very broad question, but just when someone's going to approach, you know, a partnership or reach out to a brand, what's just a key piece of advice you'd give them as you are someone that's on both sides of the spectrum?
0: Yeah, I think the number one thing, and maybe this advice is for someone who's smaller and isn't necessarily working with brands yet, or even like I, okay, I, Rarely reach out to companies, not because i shouldn 't it 's just because i 'm lazy and I reached out to one that I really really want i 've worked with them in the past in various like unpaid settings or whatever, and i wasn 't looking for a paid partnership. I just wanted to do a giveaway so I reached out and i 've mentioned them a million times i've posted about them all this stuff and They kind of shut me down, and I was kind of bummed. But but my point is, (laughs) no matter who you are or what brand you're looking to work with, I think it's so important to show your support first. Because while that was a rare scenario, I still feel like if I were to reach out to another brand that I've mentioned many times authentically, um, you know, I think that that they would respond differently. For example when I first started out and I was sharing, I think I was sharing a lot more food at one point, um, you know, tagging brands, not only in the photo, but in the caption, right? It's like, this is what I used and mentioning them in stories regularly. When a brand responds to your story, you're already in their inbox so that if you tag them again, they see it right away. I don't know if you've noticed that, or maybe if other people have, but Like once you do it one time, you're already in the inbox. So maybe you tag them once in your story, they respond. Maybe the second time you tag them and they respond, you say, you know, I've absolutely been loving your products. If you're ever looking to work with someone, partner up on a giveaway or some sort of collaboration, I would love to work with you. Um, That I feel like is probably the easiest way. Sometimes it's harder to just send a DM out into the abyss or send an email out to whoever um but they should see it if they've already responded to you um i yeah i think that to get brands attention in general brands attention in general you, like it's good to just talk about brands authentically and i do think that your audience will thank you for that in the long run because it just it's so much more authentic at all right it's like if i'm talking about a certain vitamin that i take And I mention it five times. If then I do a partnership with them, it's like, my already, sorry, my audience already knows that I've mentioned this. They know that I take it, they know that I love it. It's a seamless partnership. Um, And maybe that's how you start. Maybe you do a few partnerships like that. Maybe if you are unpaid, but then, you know, other companies will start to notice your um, images that do have product in it and they like them and then they reach out. So, you do have to pay your dues a little bit. It's kind of like any any industry, fashion or medical field too. It's like you have to pay your dues no matter what you're doing and sometimes it goes without being paid for, but then you'll have those longer term, you know, partnerships coming in and it'll you'll realize it paid off.
1: Yeah, and I think if you can start early and just I mean, you know, be okay with it not being paid or anything, Like there's, I mean, I don't get paid for any brands right now, but I've created friendships with some of these brands where like they're now avid listeners of the podcast or they, you know, comment, they personally, you know, not the brand, but the person running it now follows me and comments on my stuff because it's just like a whole, you can build like a whole new level of a relationship with them. And then when it does come down the road and you want to work with them, like it is a lot easier, you know, even if, yeah, you're just communicating with them via DM, like you're still showing them and like, they go, say you email them later on down the road, they find you on Instagram and they see like, oh yeah, we've been, she's been tagging us (laughs) like multiple, multiple, multiple times. Uh, So I think that is like an important thing to kind of do, you know, before, like you said, with anything, you have to pay your dues, you have to do the work before. So uh, definitely something important on that spectrum.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, if you're you're building community with other people, you could also build community with brands. It's the same concept. It's just a different long-term goal, I guess, if you do want a paid partnership down the line.
1: Definitely. Well, any last tips you'd have for Instagram, content creation, just in general, that strategy side of things?
0: I would say my number one tip is to give less of a crap because when you care too much, I think it shows, I think it makes it harder for you to create what you love. I think it makes it less enjoyable. And at the end of the day, like yes, you can make money off Instagram, but if that's your goal on anything, like people are making TikToks to be TikTok stars or YouTube videos to be YouTube stars, like please don't have that expectation in mind, right? Create it because you love it. Share it because you love it. Like you said earlier. And I think people pick up on the fact that you're enjoying yourself and that's the most important. So yes, grow and engage and do all those things and whatever, but like not too hard. Don't try too hard.
1: (laughs) Have more fun with it. Yes. Yeah. Well, where can people find you and just Follow along because you're one of my
0: favorite people on accounts ever. So I want people to find you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, my blog is dancingfordonuts.com. My Instagram is at dancing.for Donuts. <laughs> Someone has the original handle and I really want it, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, and then yeah, I'm I'm dancing for donuts pretty much on everything, Facebook and Pinterest and all that stuff. Um youtube you can find me there i make vlogs even though i don't think anybody watches them (laughs) but i i love making them they make me so happy so it's okay if i don't have a lot of subscribers (laughs) but yeah i'm all over the internet dm me anytime
1: (laughs) i love it if you found this episode to be inspiring educational or just helpful in general let us know we would love to hear what tip resonated with you or maybe you have differing thoughts on something, like let us know that too. You can tag us in your stories if you, you know, listened and want to share. Jordan is on Instagram at dancing.for.donuts. I'm on there at Emily Feigls and at Let's Thrive Podcast. You can find more health, wellness, mindset podcast content also through the Facebook group. Just search for Let's Thrive. I'll accept you and we can hang some more in there fam. As always, reach out. I love to connect. I'd love to chat with you and thank you. Thank you for supporting and listening to the show. Talk to you next week. Bye.